When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. So it's one of the great rugby rivalries and it's Wales against the All Blacks and we're underway at the Principality Stadium. How long can Wales hold up here? Savia has to release it. Now a shot at the line by Taylor. Try scored. Savia takes it quickly. Goes hard himself. Another go at the line. And the All Blacks are in again. Might be Cody Taylor again, I reckon. It is. Two to Cody Taylor. All Blacks let them have it. Now they do go to the back division. And here's a chance. And it's the new man, Rio Dyer. A penalty coming the way of the All Blacks this time as Papali is driven back. Referee will play an advantage. Here's Moanga kicking for the corner. And Jordy Barrett! Ho-ho! Jordy Barrett, what a try! And the kick is up and it is over. And that is the final act of the first half. And there's been plenty of action too. The All Blacks have scored three tries, two of them by Cody Taylor, one by Jordy Barrett, and they lead at the break in Cardiff by 22 points to 13. Trying to get it back now, Smith's got it. Sees a little gap, off he goes! Aaron Smith, ho-ho! What a try! On a world record night for Aaron Smith, he scores! Up it goes to replacement prop. Dylan Lewis, little kick ahead, chance, try, Justin Tipperick, Papali'i tries to control it, here's Savia, throws an outrageous dummy, drops that off, Aaron Smith's there, and he's got a double, All Blacks, just trying to wear this Welsh defence down, Smith again, slips in the one tackle, Ball will be there. Savia goes in and plays halfback. Another penalty coming. Gets up. Goes again. And Adi Savia gets it down and gets a try. Now Weber. Change of direction. Could open up and it does. And it is Jordy Barrett. And he gets two for the night. Deep into referee's time here as the All Blacks set it again. Savia's got it at the moment. Tokiaho will latch onto it. He's got it. And this is looking pretty good. Here he goes. And he scores. Samasoni Tokiaho puts a full stop on the game. Barrett's conversion is over. And the final whistle blows at the Principality Stadium. And a nice touch there, Bowden Barrett and Wayne Barnes. But the All Blacks have done the job big time in Cardiff. Final score, 55 points to 23. 
Well, the voice you heard just there calling the highlights of a wonderful All Blacks Test match and uh, grantness, but I haven't been able to say that after an All Blacks Test match. That that often this year, not as often as we would like, but, uh, geez, it was a timely performance, wasn't it? Yeah, g'day, Steph. Uh, it certainly was. We've had a couple of ups this year, haven't we? I mean, the, the performance at Alice Park was a good one. And also the the final Bledisloe Cup test at Eden Park was also a good one. But I think probably this was the best of them because we were so dominant. And uh, what made it even more pleasing was that we were dominant in the forwards against the Northern Hemisphere team, something we couldn't really say in our performances against Ireland earlier in the season. So, no, it was very pleasing, actually. And, uh, and I sort of came away thinking... Maybe we are making some progress. So I was a bit disappointed after the Japanese game, but then, of course, they made some significant changes quite clearly and brought back some of the, uh, shall we say, more significant players. And uh, I think we, we're, we're looking pretty good. It's going to be interesting now when we play Scotland to see exactly what sort of uh, mix-and-match team that Ian Foster puts out there. Yeah, and that might change a little bit on the back of like the the big big one was going to be England, and and they've just been felled by Argentina. Who I just want to talk about them just briefly. What what a year Argentina have had beating Scotland. Uh, they've beaten Australia. They've beaten us, and now they're beating England. Um, they're sort of the sleeping giants. Yes, and they also play very well at World Cups. You might remember in two fifteen, I think they made uh, what the quarterfinals. Um, and they've actually got a very good World Cup record, uh, given that their standing in world rankings has never been that high. But it seems as though Michael Checker has made a big difference, really. Um, to come to New Zealand and win that test match was uh, was probably way beyond their expectations. Of course, beating the All Blacks in Sydney a couple of years ago, and to go to Twickenham, which I'd argue is probably the hardest place in world rugby to go and win, and to do that is just fantastic. So... Look, they're peaking nicely towards the World Cup, and I'm not saying they're a genuine contender, but they're right in there for for teams that could cause massive upsets. Mm, they sure are, and it's a real dent for England, isn't it? Jeez, what a what a uh, what a shocking result for them at the home of rugby at Twickenham. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess they could say, look, you know, we're a bit rusty. It's our first run for a while, and all that sort of thing. Um, but it didn't seem to worry Ireland too much in their performance um, against South Africa. Mm. Um, France stumbled a bit, but they got through against um, against Australia. I think these Northern Hemisphere teams will improve. Uh, some of them, you know, were playing their first matches of the season. Wales might improve as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds over the next two to three weeks. Couple of uh, performances I wanted to highlight from the weekend is by Cody Taylor. Great to see him back uh, doing what he does so well. He's he's a good starting hooker. Yeah, exactly. And I was surprised that uh, Samasoni Tokiaho didn't make the start. I thought that um, you know that he's probably of the hookers that we've had this year was was probably the best. And um, so it was quite a wise and bold decision, I think, from um, from the selection panel to go with Taylor. Uh, it will be interesting to see when the England test comes around exactly up because I think that we will know then what their number one team is. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But uh, no, he played really well. He, um, he he hadn't really been at his best all season. And in fact, not even last season, I don't think he played all that well. He'd probably be the first to admit that. But um, I thought he was back to his best on Saturday. And um, one of the things that you know perhaps wasn't going so well was the line-out throwing. Now, that's not always the hooker's blame. Quite often it can be the lifter or even the uh, the caller or the, or the receptor of the ball. But 
Sometimes the line-out um, throwing has not been great this season, but it was pretty damn good against Wales, I thought. So, yeah, great to see him back, really. And, um, and of course, Tokyo off the bench for the last 20-odd minutes makes a real impact as well. Geordie uh, Barrett's provided even more questions, or would you say he's provided an answer with his very good performance in the 12th jersey? I think he's provided an answer. Um, you know, we've sort of been lacking a wee bit um, for um, a quality midfield. It's an area where you, if you'd said to someone three or four months ago, who was our best midfield, you'd get a half a dozen different answers. You'd get the Habili's, you'd get the uh, the Good Hughes, um, maybe the two of us, the Sheiks, the Yuanis, um, all sorts of different names, Quintu Pyre in there as well. But I think now, um, and it'll be interesting to see whether they follow through with it, um, I think Geordie Barrett, you can rock him in at number 12 and then build the rest around him, um, whoever you like at 13, um, because if you don't put Yuani uh, there, you maybe put him on the wing. So um, I think he's provided a bit of stability there, um, Geordie Barrett. He certainly hasn't done anything wrong. He's a big, powerful man. And in the world of international rugby, generally speaking, the number 12 is a big, powerful bloke. And so I think uh, at the moment, he's looking damn good. And uh, I hope the Hurricanes play him there as well. They, they tended to sometimes during Super Rugby last season. But he may well say, look, 12 is my position. Play me there. And uh, I think they'll be listening. Yeah, because I think even maybe only three weeks ago it was thought that Havili and Rico were our number one midfield. But now um, Geordie's in there and the returning of Anton Leonard-Brown and his uh, inclusion in the side, his nous and his brain and his decision-making is fantastic. And th- they have been so reluctant to move Rico Ioane. But Anton Leonard-Brown, he's come back in form hell of a lot quicker than what I thought. And the Geordie Barrett that we've talked about Maybe we do see Rico back on the wing, but we're quite well served with wings as well. Yeah, look, we're not we're, we're well served all over the place, aren't we? Really, um, the the wingers didn't get much of a run against uh, Wales. It just the, the game didn't flow in their direction, but they did nothing wrong. Sevi Reese and Caleb Clark, but it just indicates the depth because we're not even talking at the moment about Will Jordan, who's not on tour, but. In my view, he's got to start somewhere. In a, in a top All Black team, they've got to have Will Jordan somewhere. Um, I agree about Anton Leonard Brown. He just gives that stability. He's sort of the Conrad Smith mm. of this generation, if you like. Um, and I'd like to see him playing at 13, but I, I also acknowledge that Rico Ioani is an outstanding rugby player. And I really think he's better served on the wing, probably on the left wing where he first started, made his mark. Um, but then, of course, you, you, you're tossing someone like Caleb Clark out. So it's it's nice to have those um, selection issues. Um, I'd rather that way than uh, screaming around trying to find people. And a wonderful, wonderful game by Aaron Smith, who probably a bit like Cody Taylor has been a little bit off his game. And I was so close to messaging him in his bow and saying, you ran, you ran the ball, look what happened. Um, it's so good to see he's got that triple threat back in his game. Yeah, look, and it coincides with the fact that the forwards are playing well too. And anybody who's played the game or, or follows the game knows that halfbacks don't always look terrific if the, back, if the forwards aren't performing. Mm. But the all-black forwards are actually marching forward. They're giving Aaron a little more room than he's had uh, in the earlier parts of the season. And he really did cash in. 
It was interesting his tactics at the start of the game when he, when he was taking the ball inside the 22 and not kicking it out. He was making nice contestable kicks so that the All Blacks could get there. He wasn't just um, you know pumping it for the touchline and sending it to a line out. No, I think he he was outstanding, really, and and, and there had to be question marks, uh, you know, with his age and the, the length of rugby time he's been playing rugby about whether it actually get to the World Cup in uh, in pristine condition. I think he certainly showed on Saturday that he will, and he still remains our number one halfback for sure. Would you like to see? a bit more consistency in selection. I know there's only two matches to go. It's one thing that has been um, highlighted by by the punters out there that we just never know who our top 15 is. Is this the chance and just say, suck it up, boys, two more games, and then you can have a six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks off? Do, do we just start seeing some consistency now? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be, as I said before, it is going to be interesting in this selection for the Scottish Test because I suspect it will be a bit of a mix and match. I think they probably have looked at the itinerary and said the game that we are really targeting here is England because England is going to tell us how we have progressed through 2022 and how we're going to look in 2023. It really is uh, the grand final, I believe, and um, because this match against Scotland is, um, well, Monday morning our time, it only leaves a six-day turnaround. Mm. Whether you want to back up key players six days later, I'm not so sure. And so I've got a feeling we might see, as a, uh, I term it, a mix-and-match team. Uh, there'll, there'll still be significant players there, but some of the blokes who haven't had as much game time may well come back into the mix for the Scottish Test match, and, uh, and we'll see what they really think when um, when we come to play England. And finally, Nisbo, you've watched a lot of rugby over the years. Have you seen a better couple of games of women's rugby than we saw in the semi-finals of the World Cup? No, they were terrific, weren't they? They really were, and uh, it's great to see the crowds turning out. And um, that try that England scored from behind their own goal line, right, I've been hearing that England being a fairly do a lot and uh, and using their bigger players just to grind out victories. But that was a spectacular try for sure. And then, of course, we went to the New Zealand-France game, and uh, and boy, I was on the edge. Um, in fact, I was <laughs> I was trying to sleep after the game. As staff and the adrenaline was running so much, I can hardly... I was still playing the game in my head. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be a great occasion and, and fantastic if, if a big crowd turns up, or a capacity crowd turns up at Eden Park next weekend. Yep, absolutely brilliant. All right, Nisbo, thanks so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of the rugby. We've got a pretty jam-packed couple of weeks, haven't we? Certainly have. Nice to talk to you, mate. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.